Do you ever get a flash of a memory of a movie you saw as a child but can't remember the name? Perhaps you caught it on TV while staying up later than you should have. Or maybe you never saw it, but you recognize the cover art from the neighborhood video store around the block. At the Video Junkyard Podcast, we dig up these forgotten films and franchises and see if they still hold up in the digital age. You know, one person's trash is another's treasure, something like that. Each episode, hosts Eric Gilbranson and Joe Peterson discuss a number of films selected thematically. We'll be looking at the best, the worst, and the best of the worst at the Video Junkyard Podcast. You are listening to the Doctor Who Target Book Club Podcast. Happy listening. Hi, this is Louise Jameson and I play Leela on Doctor Who, back when God was a boy. You're listening to the Doctor Who Target Book Club Podcast. Enjoy your travels. time travelers and welcome back to the doctor who target book club the podcast in which we undertake the jolly task of discussing in story order all the doctor who novelizations and welcome to our 2019 christmas special yeah shut up my name is tony witt and today we have only our so-called expert who's been a who fan and a very naughty and nice one at that since 1979 that would be me Allison Fitch Seyfried and Dalton Hughes are not with me today. Instead, I decided that what I wanted to do, instead of doing our normal thing of discussing Doctor Who novelizations, is share with you some bits and baubles from this past year and talk about where we've come in this last year. You know, give you something to listen to on that 30-minute drive to Grandma's house you go, or wherever it is you're going. I did want to say before we start that none of this, including this episode, would be possible without our Patreons, who have stayed with us through thick and thin, in my case mostly thick. Those would be Bart Lammy, Rick Taylor, Toby Bengelsdorf, Jay Barry, the Doctor Who Collectibles Podcast, the Video Junkyard Podcast, and our two newest patrons, Hans Wax and Stephen Pickering. Thank you very much, everyone. Please go to patreon.com forward slash dwtargetbc if you want to give us the gift that keeps on giving. And no, we don't mean herpes. Not again. Speaking of gifts, this year was an extraordinary one for us. We bought new sound equipment thanks to our Patreons. We're still learning how to use it, obviously, as that last episode that we produced shows. We had all three panelists at this year's Chicago TARDIS together for the very first time. We welcomed three new patrons. And at Chicago TARDIS, we got bumpers from nearly all of the guests this year, whether they were involved with Doctor Who or not. In fact, you probably noticed that Louise Jameson gave us a bumper at the top of the program, which was just lovely. Thank you, Louise. In fact, there are many reasons to thank Louise Jameson, and I'll get to those in just a moment. Yeah, we've had quite a good year, and we have produced so far, not counting this episode, over 64 episodes. And we're well on our way to another year. Of course, we are taking a hiatus until March because we need a break. You can even hear it in my voice. My voice is cracking all over the place. And that's mainly because of uh, other projects that I can't get into right now. Hopefully, I'll be able to surprise you with them in the new year. 
However, we got quite a bit accomplished. We are now in the middle of the Pertwee years, and well on our way to the Tom Baker years, and eventually, maybe before we're all dead, we'll finish this project and move on to something that really excited me that I found out about since the recording of the last episode. There are going to be new Target books this year. Of course, they're not all new. I, I mean, really. A couple of them are reprints of hardback editions of Eric Sayward's novelizations, but those will at least be new. So once we get to the Davison era, we're not going to have to rely solely on fan novelizations, as I thought we would have to way back in the day. So yeah, that's always good news. So, speaking of the guests at Chicago TARDIS, and specifically Louise Jameson. I rushed around all weekend with a little card that had a script for our bumpers on it, and I was looking forward to the banquet on Sunday to record all of the bumpers, even though I knew it was going to be quite crazy, as it indeed was, and I didn't think I was going to run into any of them in the hallways. Little did I know that as I was about to get on the elevator to go back to my room on Saturday, I ran straight into Louise. Jameson, almost literally. And I have to admit, dear listeners, I've never been more tongue-tied in my entire life. I can't think of the last well-known person that I met, except for Colin Baker, that I just was completely flummoxed for words in front of, to the point that I somehow misspoke myself, and I introduced myself as, you know, being with the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, as I normally do. And I asked her if she would be willing to record a podcast, and she said, oh, I would love to do a podcast with you. And I said, oh, 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 actually, I meant uh, just bumper. (laughs) And she was very kind and recorded the bumper. And then, of course, it hit me. Oh my, she said that she would be willing to do a podcast with us, which is just phenomenal because Louise Jameson is just remarkably generous with her time and with everything. And so I thought, you know, no harm, no foul. Let me talk to her at the banquet and see whether or not she'd still be willing to do, say, an episode of the podcast sometime in the near future. So I made my way over to her table and I said, hello again. Thank you for recording that bumper yesterday. By the way, about uh, recording a podcast sometime, she said, oh yes, we've set aside time for you this afternoon. And I almost passed out because, as it turned out, she had indeed set aside time for me. And she told me that I should uh, get in touch with her. Oh, what do we call them? Uh, Escorts? Handlers? Wranglers? Whatever. The fan who was escorting her and helping her throughout the convention that weekend, Jeff Elston, who listens to our program. Thank you, Jeff. And I did indeed get in touch with Jeff and found out that he had set aside a good 20 minutes with me with uh, dear Miss Jameson to talk about whatever. And... It was wonderful. The only problem was I didn't really have any questions formulated. And I did come to the Facebook group for our podcast and I asked you all. I did use the questions of two of you. Thank you very much for sending those, by the way. Yeah, so we sat down and had a nice, lovely 20-minute chat. So here we go. Hello, fellow time travelers. Tony Whit here. I have the pleasure and the honor of sitting down with Louise Jameson at Chicago TARDIS. 
And this is Louise. Hello, I'm delighted to be here. Terrific. We have some questions from our Facebook group. Uh, unfortunately, because it was such short notice, <laughs> they didn't give us much, but that's fine. They gave us two interesting ones. From Elijah Kaling, what was it like working with Matt Berry on Toast of London? Oh, he was hilarious. And he's a huge Doctor Who fan. Is he really? Which I think is probably why I got the job. I don't know how many people they saw. He's desperate to get Tom Baker on there. Peter oh, Davidson has done one. And I said, you must just ask him. And he was too frightened to ask too. Tom Baker. <laughs> but he's Matt Berry. Do you know what I mean? It's Not like true. you don't expect that from a star like him. And on the way up... Mm-hmm. to my interview for mm-hmm. the job the guardsman on my train mm-hmm. I live in the country so it's like an hour's an hour's train journey into town right, right. Uh, was a huge Doctor Who fan and I happened to have an empty seat beside me and he went oh my god you played Leela can I sit beside you for a minute and I went, yeah and we had like a 10 minute chat and he said what are you doing and I said I'm going for this interview for Toast of London mm-hmm. And then he left and it was fine. And then as we were coming into London Bridge, he went, uh, please check around for your, make sure you haven't left anything on that as they do. And he said, and I would like to take this opportunity to wish Louise Jameson all the best with her interview today. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I took that into the interview and I told them and they thought it was just the loveliest thing. That and they really went, that, that we're just, that, he, he said, that's the kind of thing that happens on our programme. Mm-hmm. He said, can we have that? Can we use that? So that might well Brilliant. pop up at some point <laughs> so he was right. adorable to work with is the short answer okay. um, and and oh beyond thrilled that I accepted and if you look very closely mm-hmm. in the background of the scene where I'm playing blow football mm-hmm. you'll find there's a Tom Baker lookalike amongst the supporting artists oh, which he'd ordered yes. especially as a little private <laughs> in joke that is fantastic yeah um, our other question comes from David Lunsbury. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, David. Do you know what the plan for season two of Omega Factor or Omega Factor would have been if they had been continued? No, I can't help there. I think it was probably nipped in the bud. I mean, I always thought Omega Factor was like uh, the X Files yeah. without the budget. I mm-hmm. think we were ahead of our time with it, and and with the advent of CGI I think that series could could be resurrected oh, yeah. very very successfully Absolutely. it would be lovely to see that come back but um, I think Mary Whitehouse put a stop to it as she did all her things but we thought you know we used to rub our hands together when she complained because it meant we'd have another two and a half million people (laughs) on the viewing figures so certainly for Doctor Who Mm -hmm. um, she complained bitterly I think she might have had a personal thing against me at one point because it seemed like everything I appeared in got complaints but you know I should wear more clothes be less violent and so on (laughs) did she complain about Tenko? I'm not sure I tell you who did complain about Tenko Japanese uh, government so oh, why it never wow. got why it never got repeated on terrestrial seriously seriously and we only found this out about five years ago oh, there was an goodness. article in the Daily Telegraph about it so it went out on you know one of the many channels that that were invented after right. after we'd filmed it but um, yeah we it, it never got a repeat despite having nearly 17 million viewers which yeah. was you know phenomenal back in its day definitely I, I remember catching just an episode of Tenko on our local PBS station oh, yeah. and thinking 
she looks a lot like Louise Jameson. That is <laughs> Louise Jameson, and she just swore as well. Oh my goodness, this is so so insane. I mean, PBS were wonderful for us, and they gave yes. Anne Bell um, best performance in a foreign series. Wow. They gave her that award from PBS. That's so, tremendous. Yeah. That's also where I caught uh, Omega Factor and adored Oh, I didn't know that had been on PBS. Yeah, and um, I um, just managed to find the DVD release a few years back, Uh and I was just floored because you never see that sort of program here at all. Wasn't Jimmy wonderful? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. An amazing performance. Died very young. Far too young, yeah. Young. But you had a wonderful character there, and it seemed like they gave you less and less to do. Yes, I know. I know. What can I say? I wasn't. Um, I wasn't very demanding back in the day. I just right. did as I was told, basically. No, Tom a lot has changed. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Tom, how is he? He's all right. He's mm-hmm. you know he's in his mid eighties now or mm-hmm. early eighties, um, and he doesn't like to travel too much. Although he's still driving, mm-hmm. we do a lot of audio together for Big Finish. Mm-hmm. Um, so all in all, yeah, he's doing really, really well. Terrific. I remember hearing one of the first commentaries you did with him on the DVDs, and he said, he said very candidly, I wasn't very easy to work with, was I? And you immediately said no. <laughs> and then he apologized. And he did. And do you know, he was, he was tearing up during really that. Yeah, he was. And from that moment on, we've been the best of friends. That's terrific. Isn't it extraordinary mm-hmm. yeah. that that can happen? Because I, we didn't part well. No. He wasn't. He didn't want Leela in the show. Yeah. And that just overflowed into not really wanting me there. That is a shame. It because is it seemed like he had wonderful chemistry. That's well, fine. he's a marvellous actor. Yeah. I think we always had respect for each other's work. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, whatever conflict was going on off camera caused a certain dynamism on stage, as it were. Right. Exactly. Um, so I, I don't think the work ever suffered but I think the atmosphere in the rehearsal room did. I'm sure it did. And then John Leeson came along and everything smoothed no. over. Because <laughs> he got on with everybody, John, including Tom, including me. Yes. And he was only in for the one story, I think. And they went, oh, he's really good addition to the rehearsal room. Mm-hmm. Let's keep him in it. And so he stayed. And here we are together in Chicago. It is amazing. Isn't, isn't it amazing? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's my pension. I loved it <laughs> I um in fact I got John to do one of the bumpers that oh, I waylaid you at the elevator about yes, and yes, thank yes. you so much for doing that. Um he he's the only one that didn't trip over that line. Oh really? Everybody else did. Paul uh, McGann gave it like uh, five I'm very cross. Sylvester McCoy just went on a riff. <laughs> <laughs> and it's tremendous. I, I adore that. Yes. Um he's because very talented. Yes, he absolutely is. On our show, we talk about the target books. So uh-huh. we're talking a lot about writing, and yeah. I, I wanted to ask you, um, what are your memories of uh, Terence Dix, who passed uh, not too long ago? Terrible handwriting. <laughs> For a writer, absolutely <laughs> shocking handwriting. Have you seen his signature? I have not. It's like a three-year-old. It's extraordinary. And I think he's inventive and slightly cross he could be slightly cross a little bit yeah and I think that energy flows quite well mm-hmm. into the into his writing yeah. I think he was quite political yes and that's that was reflected as well uh, 
yeah, I think a very talented, actually rather lovely man. Mm-hmm. When she got when she got beyond that slightly gruff exterior, right. he was a he was a you know butter inside. Mm-hmm. He did horror of Fang Rock for you. Is yes, that he right? did. He actually wrote that for Sarah Jane originally. I've been told that's not true by other people. Yeah, but I've I heard think, that as well. But I think it had certainly been on the shelf for a while. Really, it had been written before I was. Because we were originally, you probably know this, we were originally going to do a story about vampires, but yes. the BBC were doing a were doing a documentary that didn't want the two things to clash. Mm-hmm. I think that's a bit mad because they they'd have fed each other with they publicity. These days, it would be cross promoted. There'd be a whole exactly. week about it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, our story was shelved. Picked up later with another companion, I believe, mm-hmm. and another one was picked up and dusted off the shelf and that turned out to be Harrowfang Rock which the fans seem to absolutely adore I love that story of the of the stories I've done I think Talons comes out first yeah uh, and Robots and, and Horrorfang Rock are like a like a com- kind of competitive second they really are and my favourite The Sunmakers comes in oh, after really? that yeah Bob Holmes yes Bob Holmes was my favourite writer mm-hmm. I think he was the Russell T Davis of of the day he really was and the weird yeah. thing about him is he only did one novelization of one of his books because is that true I didn't is. know that but he hated deadlines he could do them for TV <laughs> but when it came to books hated a deadline yes apparently Terrence Dix told a story about uh, Bob Holmes being commissioned for one of the books he wrote one chapter and then said okay Terrence you take the rest of it really yeah yeah, wow. so most of it is Terrence Dixon's over one chapter, and then he did and the an one outline, book. And an outline, presumably. Yes, yeah. and then did the one book, wow. and that was it. And it's such a shame, because I can imagine how many books we could have gotten if he'd just, like... I hear ones. where he's coming from, though. You know, I'm a writer, but I'm only a writer of scripts. Right. I'm not a novelist. It's a whole different, it's a whole different skill. Mm-hmm. You know, as a writer, you just have to know about people's rhythms and interruptions, and you don't have to get all your tenses right, right. you know, as you don't when you're speaking. Exactly. You, you can have interruptions. You, can, you don't have to have beginning, middle, end. You know, mm-hmm. it's a completely different skill set. It really is. Yeah. What, what scripts have you been working on lately? Uh, I've uh, lately I've uh, written uh, an episode for Atta Girl, which is part of the Big Finish uh, drama, oh, uh, wow. which goes away from Doctor Who, and it's about air transport auxiliary mm-hmm. women who actually existed. Yes, the most um, famous of whom is a woman called Pauline Gower, yes. who managed to get equal pay for equal work. This is 1942. <laughs> she did that. We're still fighting for it. Um, the last. Air Transport Auxiliary female pilot has literally just died last year. Oh, wow. Um, and these are real unsung heroines, a bit like Tenko, another series I was in about World War II. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so I, wrote, I literally just finished that script, and it's called Au Revoir. It may well be the last, but I specifically chose Au Revoir because it means to the return. Yes. Uh, till the next time so hopefully we'll be coming back so that's going to be released on Women's International Day Mm -hmm. which is March the 8th terrific yeah speaking of women's issues yes you've had very very strong female characters in your career yes and yet I'm sure that people when they remember you for Leela men of a certain age will come (laughs) up or at least the other 90% not the 10% like myself will come up to you and say you were my you know you were my sexual awakening when I, I helped many a young man through a difficult phase let's say <laughs> exactly how do you feel about that because Linda Carter having worked on Wonder Woman says she cannot stand that when fans come up to her and say that sort of thing I think you're a bit 
naive not to expect that kind mm -hmm. of thing. And just for someone to say they find you attractive, it is never an insult. So I think you have to just be open to that. If anything lascivious is said, then there's, you know, there's a dividing line, isn't there? There's a there dividing is. line that you don't step over. And mm -hmm. if it's not stepped over, I just am grateful. It's nice. Right. It's lovely. Um, and if it gets more than that, I just pull away. Yeah. It's like, you know, this is a uh, this is a problem. You deal with it, not not me. But they also, they did take her clothes off. They did take Leela's clothes off. But they did make her intelligent and strong yes. and bold and daring. And mm. she was never wimpy or, or and in quotes, feminine. Right. But she was always, in quotes, feminist. Exactly. Uh, which I am, so mm -hmm, feminine and feminist. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm married with her in right. mind. I knew you were not too terribly happy about the way Leela was written I off. I thought it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> really awful. How do you feel about the way it was resolved through the big Finnish dramas? Well, of course, there was still some life left in her, so mm -hmm. uh, they just picked up the mantle, didn't they? They really did. And went on. And, and they even made the Adrid story, you know, credible. Uh, that I could fall in love with the Time Lord Guard in, in a nanosecond. Yes. Uh, I think very flatteringly, Graham Williams, our then producer, wanted me to stay on. So yeah. literally the night before we recorded that farewell scene, he came to me in the studio and said, look, we can change it. We can just have you running into the TARDIS. You don't have to... Please, will you reconsider? I mean, by then I was always signed up to, to, to go and do some Shakespeare. Right, exactly. It was all sorted, and I and I was touched, but I, you know, it was just the atmosphere was not one sure. I wanted to continue with. Understandably. So. Yeah. Um, you did have marvelous chemistry with Chris Tranchell, though, I, I and so it's he believable. Sweet, he was a he sweetheart really to work with, yeah. He oh, was absolutely. Yeah. Um, let me gather my thoughts here for just a second, because there was something going off of that. Yes, about the character of Leela. Which one of the writers would you say, apart from Chris Boucher, who obviously created the character, um, which writers would you say have captured her the best? I would say Robert Holmes, yeah. Definitely. Would definitely. Oh, you mean in the, in the current series? Either way. I think um, John Dorney mm -hmm. is a marvellous writer. Matt Fitton is a marvellous writer. Uh, Nick Briggs hits it on the head. Right. Uh, um, not every episode for Leela because he's very much um, he's very much an adventurous writer, and it's mm -hmm. not so much about the the talking in depth emotional stuff that I like to get very involved with. Right. But sometimes he comes up with a script that just takes my breath away. Okay. I thought the way he connected all the doctors for the war oh. war. Oh. You'll have to fill this in later. I'm not even sure. I, I think know. it might be called the War Doctors. <laughs> yeah, one of I'm sure one of your friends will know. Yeah. And I thought, how are you going to get all those doctors and all those companions into one story? Right. And it's such a fantastic piece of almost mathematical writing <laughs> that he did, and it works absolutely brilliantly. Yeah, I think it's the same way that Terence Sticks uh, approached Five Doctors because right. Robert Holmes looked at the brief for that and said, <laughs> No, no, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was something else I meant to ask you about. Um, at some point, it was rumored that you were asked by John Nathan Turner 
to come back for yeah. part of Peter Davison's yeah. first season. And I think on one of the interviews you said you regret your decision to turn that down. I did regret it, but it would have meant I couldn't do Tenko, and I wouldn't right. have missed that for the world. So, oh, thank God. you know, yeah. there's enough for everybody out there, swings mm-hmm. and roundabouts. But um, mm-hmm. And I didn't know who the next Doctor was going to be. I didn't know it was going to be Peter at that point. That would have been marvelous. I just knew the Doctor was changing, so it was. Mm-hmm. he was asking me to step into the void, which, of course, you do when you go into the TARDIS. Yes, very definitely <laughs> so. Um, and the writer I would really like to compliment is Nigel Fares, who's Nigel you know Fares. since turned into what we call MGBF, my gay best friend. <laughs> and we've since written a script together called My Gay Best Friend, which oh, is for stage, wow. which we've which we brought over to America actually last year or the year before. We took it to New York off off Broadway. It's lovely. So, and I just want to say personally, I'm very thankful for you being so outspoken about support for lesbian gay issues uh, because as a gay fan I it's like there are very few actors who have said anything about it publicly and the ones who have luckily have been very supportive and that always made me feel very good that one of my childhood heroes supported the way I am there. yeah but there's the thing about feminism, okay? We, 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 we can't do it without men on side. Right. You know, gay people can't gain the ground they want to without LGBTQ plus whatever mm-hmm. we're supposed to say now. <laughs> can't do it without straight people on side. It's just the way, it's just, we just are one. Yes. That just has to be that way. Exactly. I just visited Stonewall two days ago. Did you really? I did. I <laughs> love those, those white statues. Oh, so yeah. they're simple and accessible and beautiful mm. I just think there's something very poignant about mm. about people touching each other holding each other arms around each other in mm. that very lifelike way it's absolutely stunning work mm. of art I, I have not made the pilgrimage Go. yet <laughs> I still it's haven't been to San Francisco either oh there's this tiny little um, grass square <laughs> rainbow flags all the way around it and these same couple you know, two women sitting down on a bench and two men standing with their uh, arms on each other's shoulders. Oh. It's that simple, and it just makes the statement. That is brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. This is the last thing. Is there anything specific you would like to say to fans who might be listening to this podcast? Ah, do right you know, now? thank you. That's what I want to say. You're my pension. <laughs> <laughs> but also thank you, because I just think the Doctor Who world is an extraordinary family. You know, just the mere fact that this is over the Thanksgiving week, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it means that the, the Doctor Who fandom is the family, it's the chosen family, rather than the one you were blessed or lumbered with at birth that's definitely (laughs) true that's definitely true and um, also hopefully we haven't started the Tom Baker books yet we're still in Pertwee as of the time of this recording 2019 and I was wondering would it be possible when we get to Face of Evil if we could possibly have you on the program to talk specifically about that let's do that That I'll be there Lovely to meet you. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you, fellow time travelers, for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Isn't she lovely? Of course, what's not so lovely is me doing all the social noises and such, but (laughs) it's not often you get to sit across a table from one of the heroes from your childhood, so I think I can be forgiven that. Anyway... That was one of the high points of the weekend, and indeed probably the high point of my year and maybe even my entire life. 
but the entire rest of the weekend didn't go quite as smoothly. Uh, for one thing, if you've listened to our episode recorded at the convention, you know that there were, uh, there were issues with the audio, mistakes were made, and it turns out that I wasn't the only one that was making mistakes due to some sort of weird little glitch with the printout that we had of the script for the bumper that we gave to our stars. For some reason, they all came crashing down really, really hard on the word podcast. And it resulted in some really funny tape. So, in the spirit of the season, I'm going to play for you some of those raw bumpers, almost completely unedited, just to show you what it can be like when you have a piece of paper thrust in your face by a fan saying, here, read this and record it and you're totally unprepared for it. In fact, I'm surprised that any of them were as gracious as they were. Here goes. Hi, this is Sophie Hopkins. I play April McLean in the Doctor Who spin-off class. You're listening to the Doctor Who Target Book Club put... I'm going to do that again. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) You're listening to the Doctor Who Target Book pop... I can't say it. (laughs) Hi, this is... Wait, do I say my... Oh, this is better. <laughs> do I say my character name or my real name? Your real name and... Okay. Name. Oh. Ooh, I just saw that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, hi, this is Vivian O'Para and I play Tanya Adiola on cast. You're listening to Doctor Who Target Book Plot. Yep. Hello, darlings. I'm Katie Manning. <laughs> and, you know, I want your list. I, I did that well. <laughs> we'll check we'll them. Okay. And you're listening to Doctor Who Target Book Club Pub. Hello. I'm Doctor Who. You're listening to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast. Enjoy the travels. Mm-hmm. Or I will come and haunt your <laughs> dreams. Let me have a look at this. Is it also recording? Yeah, How's it doing it? Oh my goodness. I'll, I'll edit everything out. No, don't. That's more fun. <laughs> did you get all that bit? Oh, I did. Oh, good. Okay, here's the other bit. Okay. The boring bit. Hi, this is Paul McGann and I play the Doctor on Doctor Who. You're listening to the Doctor Who Target Book Club 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 Club. <laughs> I nearly got to the end. You wouldn't think I did this for a living, would you? Hi, this is Louise Jameson and I play Leela on Doctor Who. Well, way back in the day, that is. You're listening to the Doctor Who Target book. Hi, this is Mark... Wrong brother. <laughs> Hi, this is Louise Jameson and I play Leela on Doctor Who. Well, back when God was a boy. You're listening to the Doctor Who Target book club... Podcast. That's a mouthful. <laughs> Enjoy your travels. Hi, this is Paul McGann, and I play the Doctor on Doctor Who. You're listening to the Doctor Who Target Book Club. 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 Take one hundred fifty-two. A little more practice, and you could have future in our. Oh no! I may. I may make it as an actor. Oh. I don't think there's any question of that, Mr. McGann. And by the way, thank you for recording that bumper. And thank you to all of the actors that you heard in that super clip for recording the bumpers for our show. Just to show that it's all in good fun, though, um, I just wanted to point out that they're not the only ones that make mistakes. As a matter of fact, as you know, if you listen to this podcast regularly enough, I am probably the worst offender for that sort of thing. So here's some proof that you'd never know that I do this for a living either. And these are only the clips that I could find in the span of one week of editing, so 
um, enjoy. Alright. Hello, fellow time travelers, and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club, the book club called... Yeah. Let me try that again. Alright. Hello, fellow time travelers, and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club, the book... God damn it. Well, we got our blooper reel already. Okay. <laughs> Today... We're looking at the first published novelization of the third Doctor Who story. No, that's not true. Let me try that again. <laughs> we lies. are looking at the novel. I know, lies, lies, lies. Okay, we're going to try this again. One, two, three. Today, we're looking at the first published novelization of the fourth Doctor Who story, Marco uh, Polo. Why did I do that? All right, we're going to try this one more time. I mean, I think it's charming, oh. but go for it. <laughs> oh, okay, well, I might leave it in. The average rating for this story, for this book, is out of five stars is 3.55, which is pretty high. <clears throat> Excuse me. <coughs> I'm going to edit that out. <coughs> In the meantime, if you liked what you've heard here, like us on Facebook at Doctor Who Target Book Club Codcast. Codcast. www.reddit.com forward slash r forward slash www.target.bc. www.target.bc. Sorry about that. Too much wine. And this time around, we have the welcome return of the wonderful and glamous. The wonderful and glamous. Damn it. The wonderful and glamorous. I'm so excited she's here. I can't say it. Jenny Ingersoll. Hello, I don't know. Jenny. Hi. I don't know what glammy is, but I like it. Uh. <laughs> There's also our expert. Oh, shit. There's also our intermediate. Huh? I've evolved and oh, I didn't even God. use a thunderstorm. I've been for 60 episodes and you think I'd be able to do it right for once. <laughs> the podcast in which we undertake the barb. Shit. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, let's try right, it again. I know it's your fault we're not doing the intro. Yes, I know. My guilt is asleep. Alright, we'll try it again. Thank you very much for traveling. Oh shit. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Two years of doing this and I've never fucked that up. It's been three years. Three years that. At least eight. <laughs> it's been 79 years, Tony. It's been 79 years. Fine. Well, wasn't that embarrassing? Ah, yes. But there you go. So thank you again, fellow time travelers, for giving us your valuable time, because I know we took up a lot of it with our little bit of Christmas confectionery. If in the meantime, if you like what you've heard here, like us on Facebook, you know where to go. Doctor Who Target Book Club Podcast, all one word with no spaces, like a crazy person. You can also visit our still pristine subreddit at reddit.com forward slash r forward slash dwtargetbc. Feel free to watch videos of our first 12 episodes. Give us a thumbs up or comment at YouTube, which is youtube.com forward slash user forward slash emperor Dalek forward slash videos. Follow us on Twitter. We're at DWTargetBC. Or subscribe to us via the podcast provider of your choice. We're on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, and a few other places I don't even know about. If all else fails you and it may not looks here, email us at DWTargetBC at gmail.com. I just want to say how happy I am that if you're listening to this, you're one of several hundred, if not a thousand listeners who have kept us going for the last however many years we've been doing this, three or four, thank you, Dalton. 
and it means the world to me because this is a dream project and I love doing this and if there were only one listener who got something out of this program I would continue doing it so for me from Allison Fitch Seyfried from Dalton Hughes and all of our other wonderful panelists thank you very much for listening have a Merry Christmas a Happy Hanukkah a kick in Kwanzaa or whatever other alliterative holidays you might be celebrating and enjoy your travels with a Happy New Year bye bye